today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Now, a report in this morning's Irish Times says that Tusla, the child and family agency, placed vulnerable children into unregulated emergency accommodation run by a company which fabricated pre-employment screening of staff. It cites an internal Tusla investigation which also found Garda vetting files clearing staff to work for the company had been altered. Well, for more on this, I'm joined by Jack Power, reporter with the Irish Times, who has the story. Jack, thanks very much for talking to us this morning and you're going to take us through all of this. Will you remind us what the special emergency arrangements are and why they're used? Yeah, so these are effectively kind of emergency accommodation for children who have been taken into state care. And Tucson has increasingly relied upon these emergency arrangements over the last two years because there's been a shortage of places in, I suppose, regulated um, group care homes and a shortage of foster carers, which has led to the reliance on these arrangements which you know, might include a child being placed into a private rental property with a private contracted care staff in place there or a hotel or a bed and breakfast. So that's the, the, the nature of what these arrangements are. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Tuesday has increasingly been relying upon them in the last two years or so. And this report you published this morning concerns this internal report from Tusla, which found that there were really serious issues with one of the main providers of these placements. What were the issues? Yeah, so this internal report that we have side of effectively found that the pre-employment checks or screening of staff who were working for the company over a two-year period were not up to scratch. They were effectively being fabricated in some instances um, by this company. There was other cases where people were allowed to work with children in care um, without up-to-date Garda vetting and other cases where the Tusla inspectors found that Garda vetting clearance files had been altered when they were presented to the Tusla inspectors that were looking into um, these very concerning issues in this company that at the time was one of the largest providers of these special emergency arrangements on behalf of Tusla. And how long was this company working with Tusla? So figures I've seen show that they've been uh, contracted to provide some services for Tusla as far back as 2018 and onwards. But it was only really in 2022 that, um, and as Tusla's reliance on these emergency arrangements um, increased, that the amount of money this company were paid increased vastly. Um, You know, over 2022 and last year, they were paid nearly 9 million euro to provide services to um, to Tusla. Okay, so we spoke to Kate Duggan, the CEO of Tusla, on the programme last Thursday and we asked her about this issue, about the special emergency arrangements and in particular we asked her about the inspection regime. Let's have a listen to what she had to say. We've put, I suppose, very robust systems in place in terms of the approval of these placements, which are for the main part apartments, leased buildings. We've who, put in place... Who's staffing them? Do you know who's staffing them? Absolutely. Are they vetted? Absolutely. Because Father Tobin says they're not vetted. Yeah, no. You're saying he is wrong. They are vetted. Yeah, so I'm saying in terms of the systems of oversight that we've in place, if I maybe point out two of those systems, the first is where we now hold a central database of any staff member who is rostered to work in a special emergency arrangement. We've taken that on 
in Tusla as a responsibility in terms of checking that vetting, validating vetting and qualifications and our own internal so, so uh, service that monitoring team. yourselves, that, that's not under the, that. under the normal system where people would be Garda vetted, is it? We hold the, the evidence of their vetting. Okay, so the they, individual are, they agency, are employed by private companies. So they're, they're employed by a private company who's responsible for the verification of their qualifications and their Garda vetting. So that's uh, Kate Duggan, the CEO of Tusla, speaking to me last Thursday. And she went on to say later in the interview that Tusla had ceased to work with some operators of these SEAs over concerns about the care being provided. We would go through a continuous cycle of training, new training, new types of training that we would ask staff in any of the services that provide service on our behalf that their staff undertake. But what we do have is basic standard of training and basic qualifications that we require for any staff member that is working with children on our behalf. And those providers have to provide evidence of that into our compliance unit so that we can check it and we can validate it. Where we see any difficulty with that, where we have any concern that that provider does not have staff trained to that level, we do not use that staff member on a particular Mm. roster or we do not use that provider. So I think it's important to say this year, we've stopped engaging with providers where we have felt that they have not met the standard that we require in relation to caring for these young people. Right, so you've identified problems and you've stopped working with those companies. So they would likely argue then, Jack, that their system is working. But I suppose concerns arise when you think that in this particular case, the company was engaged by Tusla as far back as 2018. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to Tusla's credit, you know, they did identify these issues. It was a Tusla inspection that identified these issues. Um, but obviously the fact that um, the, the company was able to operate as such for a considerable period of time um and as I said, I spoke to one former employee of the company who raised concerns about the levels of initial oversight from Tusla. Um, but I think it does raise serious questions about this whole system of these special emergency arrangements, the level of oversight and the level of standards of care being provided. Mm-hmm. And how much they're being used. So how many children are staying in these special emergency arrangements and how much overall is Tusla paying? Yeah, in terms of the overall um, amount of uh, payments, uh, I think last year it topped £70 million, um, to to these providers of these special emergency arrangements. I mean, I remember reporting when these first started to be used back in uh, late, 20, um, late 2021 that the payments at that point were, you know, only um, a couple hundred thousand. So we've seen this balloon into, you know, really a, a cottage industry in the last two years. Jack, thank you very much for talking us through it. That's Jack Power from the Irish Times. I'm also joined by Kathleen Function, who's Sinn Féin TD and chairperson of the Oireachtas Committee on Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth. Thank you for joining us, Kathleen Function, this morning. So as I said there, we spoke to the CEO of Tuesday, Kate Duggan, last week. She said that the agency does have special oversight of these special emergency arrangements, that they audit them to make sure that the children who are placed there are not at risk. But these are very vulnerable children and this internal report that Jack has just told us about raises very serious questions. Do you think more oversight needs to happen? Yeah, so first of all, um, good morning, Claire. And definitely, I think these special emergency arrangements are absolutely not suitable at all. We were talking about children. I know they've, they've said, made reference to, you know, least accommodation, but they, 
there has been instances of hotels and, and B&B accommodation for, as you say, very vulnerable children. So I think there's a number of things that we need to look at here, um, particularly with a country that has consistently failed our children. We know that from all of the, the legacy issues of institutional schools and mother and baby homes. So it's very frustrating that we're actually in this space time and time again. And it's been highlighted by so many various bodies like the Child Law Project. We had uh, retired Judge Sims coming out last summer last July in relation to these special emergency arrangements and his concerns. So I think there needs to be two things. First of all, I think we need to look at the legislation and where we need to strengthen the child protection legislation. And I think that the Minister should immediately be sitting down with TUFLA in relation to this and seeing what additional powers, if any, are needed in terms of the oversight, in terms of ensuring that something like this never happens again. It's absolutely horrendous to think that you could have a situation where, you know, guard vetting has not been completed correctly and that children are being left in this situation. But then I think we need to look at the wider issue as well. We know that there is a very serious issue of recruitment and retention of social workers and of recruitment and retention of foster carers and foster families and they have been very vocal in the last year or so um, maybe two years at this stage highlighting the issues that they feel seeing that they need supports, that they need supports to care for children You know, so I think we really need to be looking at how we can support foster families to stay in the system and how we can uh, you know, encourage more people to come forward as foster families because that is actually what's needed for vulnerable children in care, that is the best situation mm-hmm. we can have, we should not be relying on the private sector, it's very very worrying that we have situations where you know people are making profit uh, from, from very vulnerable children, you know, at, at risk. So I think we need to look at that. And we know, for example, every single year we're training half of the required social workers. So we're going to continue to have this problem if we don't start ensuring that we, you know, recruit the required social workers and start getting a bit imaginative around that and how we can, you know, retain the, the social workers that we currently have and how we can encourage mm-hmm. um, more people in, into that sector. So that needs to be looked at as well. Okay, but, but I do think the child protection part piece is obviously crucial as well. Well, as Jack explained to us though, in this case, it was Tusla auditing that discovered this problem and that st- they then made the decision to stop working with this particular company. I mean, does that offer you any reassurance? I mean, I definitely think it's it's good that, that it was discovered. But I mean, when was it discovered? Like, we're a little bit unsure of the time frame. We know that certainly there was definitely a five-year period of this place being in operation. And was it only discovered after the five years? Was it a number of years into it? So like, that is clearly not good enough as well. And, and we're going to continue to have issues like this once we continue to overly rely on these special emergency arrangements. And one of the key ways of getting out of that is by looking... At, uh, at the foster care sphere and ensuring that's supported. But there also needs to be a political response to this as well. Like the Minister does need to ensure he's engaging with TUSA and actually in our questions tomorrow uh, with the Minister in the Dáil, we, that is one of our priority questions in relation to these special emergency arrangements and what engagement has been had with TUSA. Is this a funding issue? Like we know that last year um, TUSA did seek more money to, to uh, help address this issue, I think in the region of 250 60 million and they only received 100 million so like we do need to look at, at that part and I suppose the, the child protection legislation as well 
But mm. I would say that that needs to happen very urgently. Okay. And it does seem, and any of us that are in this sphere, regularly dealing with issues around children and children in care, it's it's consistently coming up uh, how we're failing vulnerable children. And really, there is absolutely no excuse for that in 2024 okay. in Ireland. And can, I, can, can I ask you, just to be clear, do you agree with the Children's Ombudsman who was asked now for these special emergency arrangements to stop, to cease and desist? Yeah, I would 100% support that cause from the Children's Ombudsman. And we're very lucky to have such a, you know, a robust Ombudsman's office for children. But we definitely need to see it. It's absolutely not suitable. You have children who, as we know, have come through some very serious trauma, potentially with very significant difficulties and issues in their life. And then they're potentially being pushed into a hotel or a B&B. But if, I know if, but if that, you stop, but if you stop, if you stop using those, those arrangements, Kathleen, sorry to cut across you, in the short okay. term, where do the children go? Because we did see in the past instances where they ended up in Garda stations overnight. Yeah, and we, we can't have that situation. I would totally agree with that. But what needs to actually happen is they do need to look at the... The, the foster care sphere. I mean, foster families have have actually given several suggestions in terms of supports that they would like to see um, for them to be able to, you know, retain children that they currently have, and would certainly encourage an awful lot more people into the foster, uh, I suppose, into fostering themselves. And that that can be done. That can be achieved. probably not in the short um, term, though. In the very short term, if these special it, emergency arrangements were, were to stop overnight. It, it's about, well. I mean, I don't think you could you could realistically stop them overnight, yeah. but we do need to see them stop and see. But it's about having a plan. I mean, okay. for example, there was a similar conversation last July after the retired judge Sims came out, and like how much has moved on. I suppose that's why we're putting the question to the minister tomorrow okay. to find out exactly All right. what well, is we, happening. We will wait and see what he says. In the meantime, Kathleen Function, chairperson of the Oireachtas Committee on Children, thank you for joining us. And earlier, we heard from Jack Power, who's a reporter with the Irish Times. Back after this. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.